I think it's so important that we have to create space for students to get to know students and students to get to know significant adults. What are we doing to make that very easy for them to do so that the next time they come, someone sees them and can say, great to see you again. And we know them by name. We know what grade they're in. To be able to come into youth group and be like, this is a place where I'm known. You know, maybe I don't have a ton of friends at school. Maybe I don't have a ton of friends outside of school. But I know when I go to youth group, I'm known and loved. Today, we're talking about five questions that every healthy youth ministry should be able to answer. Welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast, where we bring you weekly tips and tactics to help you fast track the growth and health of your youth ministry. If this is the first time we've met, my name is Jeff Lascola, and this is Kristen Lascola. And today we have five questions that a healthy youth ministry can answer for its students. Mm. So these are questions that a student may not actually verbally ask you, but they're questions that are on a student's mind. They point to a need that students have. And if your youth ministry is healthy, they should know the answer to all of these questions. So if you have a student who's been coming for six months or a year or something like that, if you could ask them any one of these questions and they have the answer, I think you're doing really well. So number one is how can I get more involved? So students might show up and they're coming to a weekend service or a midweek program, but they want to know how to get involved. I don't know about you, but when I go to a new place, I really want to know how do I go from just being a person in a chair to someone who is involved Mm -hmm. and at the core of things and knows what's going on. And the first way you can do this is make sure that they know what's going on, push information to them, give them your calendar, get their parent on your email list, make sure that they have access to the information they need. There's nothing worse than seeing pictures of an event and a student thinking I would have gone right. Like I remember seeing pictures like, like when I was growing up, what, what was this event? How come no one told me that looks like a blast. It's Everyone's that, it's that feeling when you see your friend's Instagram and they're like posting pictures of something. You're like, I wasn't invited to that. <laughs> yeah. And how sad because we know all of our students are invited. It's yeah. not a lack of invite. It's more information. So like seeing pictures of a water park and everyone's doing cool stuff. It's like, when did that happen? Right. So make sure that students know how they can get involved. When are your events? Can they find the information if they want to be more than just a weekend or midweek attender and how can they serve? And we're going to talk more about that later, but people want to feel useful. And you said specifically push information to them, not force them to pull the information, correct? Yeah. I think information. What's the difference too? Yeah. Information is a push and a pull. So a push would be an email showing up in their parents' email box or handing them a calendar. A pull would be, well, it's always available online. You can check our website whenever you want. We update our social media. You can check our social media whenever you want. They're going to you to find it. A push is your putting it in their hands, Mm -hmm. making it super easy and accessible. So number two 
how students want to be able to answer, how can I be known and know others? Meaning they want to know how can I have meaningful relationships here? And students, I would say this has got to be at the top of the list. Mm. I think anyone attending a church or a new group, you want to know how can I meet people? How can I be known? So we want to really give students the opportunity to join small groups. I think that's the number one best way for students to be known because they immediately go from a face in the crowd to being anchored somewhere Mm. of meeting people of their same gender, of a similar age, and being known by hopefully to adults, not including the youth pastor. So I love having a co-leader system in my small groups. So two guys in the boy groups, two girls in the girl groups, and that are knowing these students, seeing them when they show up and helping connect them to other kids. So I think it's so important that we have to create space for students to get to know students Mm -hmm. and students to get to know significant adults. What are we doing to make that very easy for them to do so that the next time they come, someone sees them and can say, Hey, Noah. Yeah. Great to see you again. And we, they, we know them by name. We know what grade they're in. I think it just gives me the youth pastor, like cringe when a student is just sort of floating around Mm. and nobody really knows them and who's that kid and what's someone's got to know who they are. And if you do a small group system, there's no way someone cannot know who they are. Yeah. And it means a lot, I think too, to, to parents when their student comes in and you, you know, say like again, Hey Noah, like, how are you doing? It's like, we're handing our son or daughter off to a group of people or youth pastors, small group leaders and all that, that, love and care for my child yes and it just it's so comforting it it reminds me of the show cheers Mm. which is like a million years old now yeah and it's true it's like to be able to go to a place hopefully not a bar like that entire show is based but (laughs) hopefully but if that's where the (laughs) that's where your youth group meets no then that's fine to be able to come into youth group and be like this is a place where i'm known you know maybe i don't have a ton of friends at school maybe i don't have a ton of friends outside of school but i know when i go to youth group i'm known and loved you know that's huge yeah and it's funny sometimes i see students at church on the weekends and they'll they are a youth group kid and i've never met the family and they are they have this gaggle of kids and it's the parents (laughs) and they're all shuffling around and I'll just see the junior hire in that little group right. and I'll be like, oh, hey, Noah. And their family kind of looks like, how does she know you? Who is this? Yeah. And it's so cool because I know your name because yeah. you came and we got to know you and we put you in a small group and small groups are just really the best model for a relationship mm. that I can see. I have not yet figured out anything better than that. I think it's a pretty accurate Jesus model of Mm. discipleship and of community. So small groups, getting students involved right away. If I have a student that only comes on the weekend, I'll push them so hard to, you should come on Tuesday. I hope you can come on Tuesday because that's where they're going to be known. I don't have small groups on the weekend. So people could come on the weekend and very well come and go Mm. and not be known by another student if they fly under my radar or something like that, which I hope doesn't happen, but I know it does sometimes. Mm. Okay, number three, a student should be able to answer, why do we exist? Meaning, why are we meeting on a Tuesday night? What makes us different? Are we just some kind of 
youth entertainment center? Are we a boys and girls club? Are we a YMCA? Why are we even meeting? And I talk about that all the time with my students of if Jesus isn't who he says he is and didn't do what he says he did, we wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be here. Our church wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have a job and none (laughs) of this would be happening. We are here for one reason and it is because of what Jesus has done for us. So make your youth group crystal clear on we are here because of the gospel. And hopefully students will realize that really quickly that it's not just, oh, this is something fun my friends do on a Wednesday or Tuesday night, but we're here for a very specific reason and let that be known. You know, if your youth group is sort of, I think youth groups can go back and forth between way too serious and way, way, way too lax, you know, and making sure there's that really great balance of, Hey, we're going to have a really good time, but there's going to be purpose behind what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And you know me, I don't mean like we're going to play dodgeball and then we're going to talk about how, it symbolizes Satan's fiery Dodging darts. the sin, yeah, in your life. No, I don't do that kind of stuff, but I just mean that- <laughs> You know there's a couple of youth pastors out there that's like, oh, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> Gonna tie that into my message this uh, week. <laughs> well, if that is your uh, thing and you like- I just Run with it. I, I don't do themed games like yeah. that. I just can't. Like Even if it was a perfect fit, right. I think I would just let it go. I'd be like, nope. <laughs> not, not gonna, gonna make that connection <laughs> no i feel like such dad vibes when i do that yeah. like how a dad would just like take any moment of fun and make it boring <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i was like hey kids do you know what kind of tree this is like why was that just, the example i thought of too can we just be on a walk right let's just be on a walk i don't care well, you know, in 18... 18- That's a maple tree. What comes from maple trees? Maple syrup. I remember that. Go on. It wasn't my dad. It was the neighbor's dad, but nice guy. Too much info. But hey, you do you. If that's something you want to do. <laughs> you, you do you. If you want to tie it in, that's fine. But. Yeah, that's fine. So... Yeah, make sure they're crystal clear on we have a purpose behind our fun. We're here for fun in the name of Jesus, you know, like it's we're going to get there eventually. And any student that comes into your youth group should leave with that impression of not just like, well, what was that? But, oh, wow, these are Jesus people. Right. They're here because of him. So make sure that your students can answer, why are we here? To know God and help make him known by to others. Mm. Okay, number four, students should be able to answer the question, well, where can I use my gifts? How can I contribute? Students want to contribute something. People want to feel purposeful. People want to feel needed and trusted. Mm. There's this whole idea. Um, I read this book a while ago. It was by Kara Powell. So she does youth research for the Fuller Institute and she did how to grow young. And she was talking about churches that age out and churches that grow young and like capture a younger audience and continue to thrive and grow. One of the principles she talks about, which was really interesting, I never forgot was, I think she called it like keychain leadership or Mm. something. 
And basically the idea behind it is you're handing over keys to people. And she meant it literally and figuratively. So the people we give keys to, meaning access to leadership, able to make decisions, able to do things, it's this idea of trust. So I have a student who comes in and helps me in the office before weekend services. And there's things that she's like, wait, what am I doing? Oh, I don't know if I can do that. You know, that I'll, I'll be like, no, you got this. Yeah. Just do this, this. I'll be right here if you need me, but I know you can do it. So people need our trust mm-hmm. and they usually can rise to the occasion. And if it takes them a few tries, that's okay. But think of anything someone can help you with. Mm-hmm. Bring them along on that. You know, I have this girl and she would set up chairs, you know, before weekend service and I'd be like, those are the most beautiful rows I've ever seen. (laughs) Thank you so much. Those look great. Or before a meeting, I'll be like, can you fill these things with ice and help me carry these out? And sometimes people just feel like I'm on the team, like just by getting to fill up ice or move a chair or go and print something out or pass something out. I had a game today. We played with hula hoops and at the end, the hula hoops were all over the floor and my director, he's like, Hey, if you're on our student leadership team, please help pick up the hula hoops. And she just scrambled right over there. And other kids not on our leadership team were trying to pick up the hula hoops. She's like, no, this is, I'm, this is my job. I got this. And it was just like, she was just waiting for action. Like anything, put me in coach, put me in, put me in. And the second he said, pick up the hula hoops, she's like, out of my way, you know, like just so excited to have a job to do. Like I'm on the team, I'm official. And I think what that shows, like Kara was saying is like, I've given you the keys. You're a part of this. You have access. It's not like, um, leadership is a very exclusive thing here and we'll see if you can make it. But we just include (laughs) everyone in the leadership of like, you can help here and you could do that. And would you mind helping me here? And there's something so special. I know when somebody in a leadership position asks me to do something for them or Mm. with them, I'm like, I won't let you down. Right. You know, I'm so excited. And we want to give people that opportunity to be invited. Not like we got this. Right. You just sit there and relax. But we're a team. We're a church. We're a family. And extending that invitation. So students have to know how they can contribute. Student leadership teams are a really great avenue for this. Like I was talking about my student before. She was so excited to clean up the hula hoops because it was a student leadership job and she was going to get it done. So student leadership really lends itself to that because if you have a larger youth group, it kind of narrows down like, well, you're on the team. So I'm going to put you on tech. I'm going to put you on worship. I'm going to put you on setup. I'm going to put you in the snack shack, whatever your jobs might be. Cause sometimes it's just, if you have too many kids, you're sort of like, uh, how do I have all of you help, you know, but sometimes just a random ask, like grabbing a kid, like, Hey, can you do me a huge favor? And they're always like, yes, what can I do? They want to help Mm -hmm. people want to help. And there's a reason for that. We're meant to serve and serving should be the place where our cups are filled. And if serving, this is kind of talking to you too, as a youth pastor, if it's just always leading to burnout, I think we're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. We want to lead people into a place where serving 
fills their cup, puts wind in their sails, makes them excited to come to church, wants to be on a team, not like, oh, these people use and abuse me. I can't do this anymore. But people should feel energized Mm. by serving, energized spiritually. So if we're doing it right, they really should feel that way. Yeah. Uh, Make sure if you guys are interested in checking out that book by Kara Powell, you said it was Growing Young? Growing Young. Unless we messed up the name. But anyways, it'll be in the description (laughs) below if you guys want to check that out. Uh, What's number four? That was number four, silly goose. What's number five? Number five. I want to hear four again. (laughs) Well, you're in luck. No, I'm going to number five. You can watch the replay. Number five, students need to be able to answer, can I trust the leadership of this ministry and how do I know? Mm. I think in today's age, especially people are very skeptical of leaders and church leaders, Mm. especially. And I would say a lot of that is probably well-founded. I mean, I have parents that come in and they are trying very hard to raise their kid in the church without letting their own beef with the church color their child's experience. Mm. I've had so many parents and grandparents be like, I want to, I want them to figure it out. I don't want to impose my (laughs) bias on them. You know, I want them to discover their faith, but it's just not for me. That happens more than you would think. Oh yeah. Cause a lot of times you think, Oh, the parents are like, Oh, I just want my kid to come to church. They need to know Jesus. A lot of the parents are wounded Mm. when it comes to the church. And I think they're just, in maturity, knowing that's not going to be everyone's experience and I need to let my kid figure out their faith on their own, but they're like dropping them off and then I'll pick them up and good for them. Good right. for them if they want to believe. Good for them if they want to do this. They're going to come to their own conclusion. It's very interesting. And so I think people need to know that you can trudge Trich, trust <laughs> church leadership. Yeah, it's a two-sided coin, though, because on the one hand, you have um, people putting too much faith and confidence in leadership, like thinking these people are perfect, which they're not. Mm-hmm. They are people. And on, I'm not? on the flip side, oh, you're, no. you're close. Oh, on the good. other side, you have church leaders screwing up yeah. and doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And sure. so it's it, those two things... It ends up, you know, being what you're describing is people like, that's it. You know, I don't believe in God because this pastor, you know, did this or that. And it's like, well, that's unfortunate that they they did that. But that also doesn't discount anything that God did. Yeah, that's a weird spot to be when you throw the baby out with the Mm bathwater. This person hurt me. Therefore, God cannot be good or trusted. And there's a lot of therapy that needs to be like working through those wounds because it is confusing for someone who's experienced trauma. It's confusing. Was it church? Was it God? If you love God and you hurt me, what does that mean about God? Like, you know, it can be a confusing place to be. And so we need to make sure as this generation of pastors that we are not at all being a stumbling block to somebody's faith. Mm -hmm. And Jesus has some pretty strong words to say to people who cause others to stumble in their faith. And he is very passionate about it. So what does that mean for us? Well, we need to make sure that we are modeling Christ-likeness and that 
our lives are full of integrity. So we're just not pretending to be something that we really aren't in our private life because it will come out eventually. It will spill out eventually. Do we genuinely love those that we serve or do we love being on stage? Do we love being served? Do we love the platform? Do we love leadership? Mm -hmm. Do we like to be the one in charge or are we here to serve and make Jesus known and great? Do we move toward the students? Sometimes I think leaders are more of a here I am Mm -hmm. than a there you are and wait for people to come to them or believe that I'm too busy or too important to be on your level. I think that there's some broken mentality in some of our church leadership. Not Mm. everybody. I mean, anywhere you go, there's broken people, broken leadership, broken character. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to give anyone who attends our youth group a future wound of, well, I don't really want anything to do with the church. I used to go to this church and nobody this or everyone that, or this guy did this or she blah, blah, blah. Like we don't, there will be things that we disagree and people will maybe have a hard time with something you said, whatever, but we never want it to be our integrity, our character, moral failure, abuse, anything And I don't just mean, I mean like abusing our position, abusing our power or whatever it could be, just making sure we're walking so carefully in this role. What's our public persona online and what are we posting and liking and agreeing with? And are we using our platform to further the kingdom or to get involved in something that doesn't really matter. I I mean, there's a million things that you could fill in the blank there, but as leaders, our integrity matters so, so, so much. Who you are matters more than what you say. Absolutely. Well, where to go next would be if you guys are looking to start a student leadership team, we have an episode all about how to launch your student leadership team. And also you'd kind of touched on that idea through the Kara Powell book, um, Growing Young. If you are currently at a church that you would describe as a dying church where your congregation is definitely way older than it is younger. We have an episode kind of about that too, so you might want to check that out. All right, question of the day is pumpkin spice. Is it overrated, underrated, or properly rated? (laughs) At the risk of sounding basic, it's properly rated. Oh, okay. I thought you might say underrated. I don't want to drink it all year. That's why. So when it comes out, I'm very excited. I had a pumpkin chai at Better Buzz. And it was, if if you could put every fall holiday into a drink, that's what I drank. It was delicious. (laughs) And it was not at all underrated. It was just right. It was like, yep, this is delicious. And I love it. I love it. And uh, I love the smell of it. Yes. And yeah, candles, coffee, all that stuff. I would say it's pretty properly rated because I think because it is seasonal, you can enjoy the moment and then it's gone and then you miss it. You yeah. know, whereas I think if it was around all the time, it would it would lose a lot of its 
pizzazz. For sure. We it's have a friend. He's been on the show before, Jeff Y. He says he stocks up during this time of year, the fall. Oh, yeah. The international freezes. delight. He freezes Pumpkin it. spice cream. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. I Oh, man. So that's, I, a, that's a hack. If you guys want pumpkin spice year round for your coffee, buy them now, put them in your freezer, stock up. And I made us you. a pumpkin spice smoothie the other day. Yeah. It was amazing. Gave me pumpkin spice diarrhea, but that's all no, right. No, it didn't. <laughs> it did not. Oh, uh, hey, this is the community. <laughs> well, then something else gave me that. No, I was kidding. <laughs> Uh, this comes from, I don't know what, what's happening anymore, but this comes from RJ Orison, who says, Youth worker must listen. This is a must listen podcast for every youth pastor, director, and leader. They have practical advice for youth workers of all experience. I used their Glover Nighter episode to do my lock in, and it was the best lock in we ever did. Wow, RJ. Thank you so Thanks much for, for all the that. work you put into the podcast. Update. Or- I didn't even know you could update reviews. <laughs> I started going back and listened to older episodes that I may have missed. Every episode has something new for you to learn or pass on to another youth worker. I highly recommend going back and listening to all the episodes. That's Aww. awesome. That's the greatest review that promo for the podcast ever. We appreciate Thanks, it, RJ. RJ. All right, wow. you guys. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Enjoy your pumpkin spice, and we will we'll see, see you, you next, next time. time. Today, we're talking about five questions that every health youth even <laughs> It's a healthy youthy. <laughs> healthy youthy. Today we're talking about five questions that every healthy youth ministry. <laughs> Today we're talking about five questions. <laughs>